podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Hills Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello. Welcome to episode 114. Yeah, 114. This is also New Year's for everyone. Not for us, but for everyone else. Yeah. Happy New Year's. What are your resolutions? I don't make resolutions. We don't stick to them. (laughs) We accepted that a long time ago. We actually did this year, I think. I don't know. I'll have to do some math because our resolution was just... No. No, we did not. I take that back. Mine and James's New Year's resolution was to um, get our like monthly spending down, you know, paying off debt, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we did. We got almost to our goal. And then we found out we were pregnant. So I'm pretty sure we did not meet that goal because we just added to the monthly spending whoops my bad well now you know (laughs) well for our listeners if you guys did set a resolution you get to let us know Mm -hmm. and we'll just say happy new year's happy you have a resolution good luck keeping it yes proud of you go team we'll cheer you on we we oh, aren't 100%. against resolutions i'm against resolutions for myself exactly mm-hmm. yes i'm not against resolutions i'm against self-growth it's not even that it's that if i'm gonna change something why do i have to wait for a new year might as well do it whenever i think about it so that's what we do oh obviously that is not me because i'm against growth so Oh, okay. Well, that's only just, one of us. I just don't change. Well, you have changed how you're saying coisk. <laughs> so there's growth there. There. But, but that is only because I have deeply shamed my mother. Your mother is... Is she haunting you now? Is that how probably. you know she's deeply shamed? Probably so. She's probably the one waking up my daughter and being like, you made me look bad, you idiot. Say this word right. Well, I mean, you'll figure out in the afterlife, and she'll be like, you idiot. Yeah, she's 100% going to be like, I raised you better. Followed by, why did you let that girl post that? Because now I'm going to haunt her. (laughs) I've accepted it. Look, it happens. It's whatever. I am who I am, and I said what I said. It could be worse. It probably will be. Let's be real. It could be worse. It could be your father calling to tell you of all your mistakes. Uh, I don't think my father notices them. So there's that might be why. My father notices them and calls me every (laughs) time. So hi, Dad. I still mention like podcasts to my dad. And he's like, what is that? Never mind. You're like, Dad, it's been two years. I don't have to explain this to you again, do I? And I do. He's like, people just listen to you guys. You're idiots, though. Hey, I'm your daughter. Yeah, Dad, I'm your daughter. Wonder where I got it from. <laughs> Not Mom. So. And if you say it is, we'll tell her. Oh, I will tell her in a heartbeat. I already <laughs> told on you recently. I already tattled told on you and told Grandma. And Grandma is a couple hours away. <laughs> Mother is right there. In bed next to you. You have fun with that, Dad. <laughs> I would love to hear you say 
that it came from mother, but you know I'll tell on you. <laughs> Anyways, did I already ask how are you? Um, pretty good. I'm ready to evict this tenant. Um, I think. Uh, well, I don't know if Buck's ready or not. He's been ridiculously anxious. He's in his thunder shirt, as you can see. He's in his thunder shirt. It's not helping. But we have been like, I th- I feel like he can tell because he's mm-hmm. been anxious for no reason lately. But today, specifically, I have been in manic mode. So it is, today has been full of, James do this, James do that. Hey, I'm going to oh, do this. Please help nesting. me do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've already, I thought I was done with the nesting mode. When I completely rearranged every cabinet in the kitchen, but apparently not. That's not enough? No. Are you happy with the rearranging the cabinets in the kitchen? Yes. Okay. You have to think about that for a really long moment. But yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I am happy with that. Still have a lot to do. Um in uh literally every other room of the house so here we are Ta-da! oh well one thing at a time i'm gonna be out of work for a couple months so i gotta do something right you need a project aside from you know having a new baby yeah i gotta have something to do that's not gonna fill your time the other one's gonna be in daycare that's not gonna fill your time at no. all no I need a hobby. I might take up knitting. Yeah, I don't know. I tried that. It didn't. <laughs> no. I still have the stuff. Well, I still have the yarn and one needle. I don't know where the other needle is. Should we be concerned? Nah, it's plastic. Are we sure? Yeah, because it's purple. It's purple plastic. It's like glittery. Well, are you ready? For stories? Um, I think so. Okay. Um, before we do that, though, we should probably talk about our socials. Okay, we can do that. Okay, yeah, we do this every time, so yeah, why it's so hard. Yeah. So we do have our social media, Instagram, X, Facebook, all of those are up and going. We also have our Discord, our Patreon, all up and going. So Twitter, nope. X, Hell on Heels Pod, Instagram, Hell on Heels Podcast, Facebook, Hell on Heels Podcast, Discord. You can find the link to Discord to our Discord on all of those items. Um, sorry, I'm not gonna give you the link because that'll give everyone a headache. Our Patreon's Patreon is up as well. So if you want to donate so we can do more, um, we are working on getting specials up and we will after December 5th, we will definitely be getting some Dreamlight Valley specials up. Ooh. Cause I'm really, I'm going to be texting Amanda. Like when is, when's the baby asleep? We're going to play. <laughs> and hopefully I'm going to be like, he's asleep all the time. When do you yeah. want to play? He's asleep Let's... all the time. He's never hungry. He's actually kind of perfect. Unlike Annie. So let's play now. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed for not another Velcro baby. That's all I'm asking. In Annie's defense, she is the first full-time baby for you so yeah james's first full-time baby didn't do this maybe not to him 
But that's all I've ever heard is like Jack was perfect. Jack was a perfect baby. Yeah, that's because well, you some... stole my my first Her... child. Yeah, the, yeah. The the first one's always the best one or whatever. Yeah, nope, not with me. Mine's just. I mean, she's great. She's just. She's the one point five. Yes. So she's my perpetual colonoscopy. Well, maybe it'll be better with El Bebe. We'll see. Anyway, hopes. <laughs> Anyway, so that's our Patreon. We're working on getting those specials out. And then as a reminder, you guys can email us, podcast at gmail.com. So if you have ideas, suggestions, questions, words of encouragement, we don't take complaints. Though if you do send us a complaint, we'll laugh and read it to everyone else. Yeah. Fine. Probably talk um, shit about you. Openly. Yeah. Like what I do with my dad. So Get out of he, the basement. Go touch some grass. Yeah. So if you can't send your complaints directly to us, just email us or message us on one of our many social medias and we will either acknowledge it or we'll talk about it later and talk shit like what we do with my dad. So, yeah. But there's all of that. If you guys do enjoy listening to us, just remember to tell your friends, family to listen as well. That way we can continue growing and continue releasing these stories and episodes for you guys. And then I think we might be ready for a story. Are you ready? Well, earlier you told me that it was a pretty lengthy one, so I'm really not sure. It's only 11 pages how I do my notes. Normally, we're looking at eight-ish pages, I would say. Okay. And I think my I think you're going to have a lot of opinions on this one, but we'll we'll talk. Okay. Oh god. Okay. Well, I did find a story because I was like, this is a New Year's episode. And listen, guys, we have been throwing some real shitty stories at you guys lately. And so I found a story that does not involve murder or rape or torture. There might be. There might be. Crime is left. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of crimes left. There's still some trauma involved here. Um, But it doesn't involve any of those things. So you're welcome. So no rape, torture, or murder. Correct. I mean, kidnapping okay. might be thrown out there. You know, we'll we'll get into it. So okay. before I get too far into the story, I do want to just do a call out that there are a lot of sources and articles and everything about this story that have differing accounts of what happened. Now, a lot of them are super small details. Some of them aren't quite as small. Some of them were... I mean, some would say one thing and the others wouldn't even include it. So I did try my hardest to just note where those discrepancies were. So if I stop and go, by the way, this is a discrepancy. It's just because there are so many articles out there and there it's like 50, 50 most of the time. It's like, well, half of the sources said this and the other half said this. So. Well, that's frustrating. Uh huh. So like I said, I'm going to do my best to call out where those discrepancies are. So we're going to start and. This story involves Carolyn Watson. She was living in Melbourne, Australia. She was raised in a religious Christian family. And by her own choice, she was an avid churchgoer, very devout in her religion. And she had also made a vow to save herself for marriage. Like, she was very devout. And at the time of this story, Carolyn is young, still in high school, just doing her teenage thing, right? Okay. And then we have Julian Buckwald. Julian, he was also living in the Melbourne, Australia area. According to the reports, Julian had actually been born in Germany. So he was, he had been born. He had, he was born in Germany. He'd done been born. He'd done been born. 
he was born in Germany. And he had actually only been there for a year. And when he was one year old, his family immigrated to Australia. Okay. So, I mean, all, that's all he knows is Australia. He doesn't yeah. know Germany. But Julian was also an avid churchgoer. He made the same vow as Carolyn to wait to have sex until marriage. Which, you know what? By all means, you guys do you. If that's what's right, you guys do what's right. So for yeah. anyone that's like, why? That's their religion. They have every right to follow it. But Julian, he is a young adult and he's working as a timber logger in Australia. Now, Carolyn and Julian, they would actually begin dating around 2006. Carolyn and Julian had met at, through their church. And she would have been about 15 and Julian about 20 when they started dating. Though there are, there are some sources that claim Julian was 23 when they started dating. And oh, she was good. 15. It gets worse. Yeah, most of those sources stated 20. So it just, it depended on the source there. As I mentioned, they're both devout Christians. So devout that just, and maybe this will just make the relationship sit a little bit better with people. It didn't really sit well with me anyways. But maybe this will help it sit a little better with you guys. This was not a very intimate couple. In the sense that they never hugged. They never kissed. The only thing they ever did was hold hands. That was it. They hung out held, held hands. I don't know if that's sweet or I don't I don't know the age, man. The age is just I don't know what the age of consent is in Australia, to be fair, but over here it's icky. Yeah. Well, basically Carolyn and Julian, they agreed to hold off on all displays of affection until after they got married. And they did plan to get married when Carolyn had graduated high school and when she was also 18. So they have their plan, right? For a while, there are reports that state that their pastor advised them to just take a timeout for like a month. Take a timeout. It's not clear if this was a timeout on dating or a timeout on marriage talk. But we know that they kind of followed that advice a little bit. And it only lasted about a month. That's so interesting. Because in normally I feel like you hear the the opposite, or at least I do. Where pastors are like, no, you're great, get married, and not so much like, hey guys, let's let's take a breather. Yeah, this might have been because there were two different things going on. First of all, Julian was like, as soon as she turns 18, we're getting married. Done. We're getting married. She turns 18, done. Calm down, sir. For her, she's like, well, yeah, when I turn 18 and when I graduate high school, I want to do both before we get married. Okay. And so there might have been that kind of that disagreement there yeah okay and maybe that's why he's like maybe take a step back calm down and then reevaluate where you guys are but ultimately based off of their relationship they just kind of spent a lot of time hanging out together right they're not they're holding hands at the most Mm -hmm. so it's not uncommon for them to spend their time together going on hikes going for picnic dates driving around town for hours spending a lot of time praying spending a lot of time studying And really just anything keeping them preoccupied until Carolyn was 18. On March 4th, 2008, when Julian was then 22 years old and Carolyn would be 17 years old, they decided to go on a romantic picnic. Julian's family had some property with a waterfall, like their property was two two square miles. So they had a lot of property. It happened to have a waterfall. So Julian was like, well, we'll go to like a romantic picnic for... You know, for the day, it's a little picnic spot. It'll be fun. 
he asked her parents for permission since you know they're going out to that private secluded area it's a little bit of a drive not too Mm -hmm. crazy but it's a little bit more of a drive and he reassured them oh it's just gonna be a walk a little hike or a walk to the waterfalls we might plant some trees i might go ahead and plan a little scavenger hunt with a little prize being a handmade wooden platter that's only coming from one source so that's maybe this is getting very like lifetime movie but i'm (laughs) I'm hanging in here okay but they're gonna have a picnic and nothing too crazy right i don't know why they're planting trees or why he wants to do a scavenger hunt just go eat and you know hang out it's a lifetime movie obviously they own a waterfall they can't just you can't just have a picnic they're in Australia, so I mean, they're just like, <laughs> we're taking advantage of the property we have. Can't get too far, or else the kangaroos will get you. <laughs> oh. Those damn emus. Gosh, the spiders and the snakes. It, guys, we can't do it. So, yeah. but anyway, so the couple, they pack up and they start their drive through the countryside. Now, the region, it wasn't the greatest area in the sense of. It, it did have snakes and spiders and kangaroos. So they did plan to return home by 3 p.m. And that's what they told everyone. We will be home by 3 p.m. No biggie. And like I said, the snake, spiders, and roos were all known for attacking humans in the region. So I, I personally don't want to be attacked by a kangaroo. So I get them wanting to be home by like a decent time. Wait. I gotta ask. I'm so sorry. Okay, so... They want to be back by a decent time, so they're not attacked by a kangaroo. Well, not Do attacked kangaroos by... kangaroos come out at night? No. Is there a curfew for the ruse? What's going on? No, so kangaroos come out whenever, as far as I'm aware. But in the area, they were like, there's a lot of snakes and spiders, too, that are more nocturnal. So they're like, we'll just be home before dark. So that anything, okay. anything out there that we could potentially get hurt by we're able to actually see. Okay, that's fair. So, it's not, the the ruse do not have a bedtime or a curfew or anything. But if it's dark and a kangaroo comes up on me, I'm dead. So Yeah, I I mean, honestly, if it's light and a roo comes up on me, I'm probably dead. (laughs) Have you ever seen those guys box? Uh, Yes, I'm dead anyways, (laughs) but I'm extra dead. Mm-hmm. I had zero chance of running if it's at night. You know what? On second thought, this waterfall is not sounding <laughs> that great. Never mind. Never mind, guys. Yeah. But the drive was described as what you would consider like a lovebird drive. You know, they were chatty, cheerful, happy, having a really great time, just getting ready for some romancing, the, the date energy, you know? Yeah. Now, during the drive, the couple would see a deceased animal on the side of the road. And Julian would point this out, but nothing came of it on their way there. And this is also where another discrepancy comes in. Some sources say that the events that will unfold happen before their date spot. Others say it was after their date spot. So, again, it just depends on what source you're looking at. And I'll tell you, it was like news articles that differed. It was really well, like places I would trust to have information that differed. But this is one of those differences. But the story I'm going to tell is that Julian points it out and he's like, hey, there, I think I saw a dead animal over there. And Carolyn's like, okay, cool. But they keep going and they continue on their drive. They went on their date 
They just have a good time enjoying one another's company at this waterfall on Julian's family's property. And on their way back, Julian again points out this, this dead animal. And Julian, he is described as being interested in these types of morbid things. Now, I know that the articles didn't say morbid. I'm calling it morbid. But they did use the word weird. But I think morbid fits. But maybe that's because never in a million years would I want to get out and check on a dead animal on the side of the road. I mean, I would. I I have no interest. I'm (laughs) sorry. But with that, on the flip side, I did see some people from comments of videos, articles, whatever it was that claimed to be from Australia. And they said, oh, that's pretty normal. If it's like a kangaroo, they often got out to check for babies in pouches. So I'm like, okay, that's fair. Oh, I that, can... that makes a lot of sense. That okay. makes a lot of sense. That must be an Australian thing because that would never even cross my mind. No, never. So <laughs> like I said, those were just comments on videos and things. I didn't do any follow-up research on that. But according to my sources, Julian just kind of liked analyzing it. He liked to analyze the meat, try to pinpoint what animal it was, how it died, if the meat was worth cooking. So like he was he was pretty into it. Now, some claim that by the time uh, they saw the deer, they were on Julian's family's property. So how I understood it was they basically spent the entire time on his property, but getting through the roads to the waterfall. Um, And with that being said, it's possible that he was like, let me go look at what this animal is or what could have killed it because it is on my family's property. We need to maintain whatever assets we have or whatever it could be. So Julian gets out of the car and he heads to inspect the animal. And by the way the car was positioned, Carolyn was unable to see Julian as he went into the brush to check the animal. Basically, they pulled up on the road and there was a slight bend in the road where the car was stopped. So ultimately, they parked slightly past where the animal was sighted. And the animal was just around the little bend. So as soon as Julian walked past the bend, Carolyn was just kind of left to her own devices. She couldn't see anything. Okay. So Carolyn, she's waiting patiently in the car, jamming out, minding her own business, just waiting for Julian. Because she's like, it's getting late. We need to get back. We said we'd be back by three. And... She already kind of conceded to letting him check. Again, she didn't think anything weird of this because she's like, this is normal Julian bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she didn't say bullshit. She, wh- what do Christians say in place of bullshit? She said whatever that is. Doo-doo? Sure. But <laughs> <laughs> she's hanging out. And while Julian is in the brush, he claims to hear crunching of leaves For him, he said it sounded like someone is running towards him. So he's not near the car, but he feels like he hears someone running towards him. And before he could really react, he would feel a blunt object hit his head. And Julian is out for the count. Now, Carolyn, at this point, she's unaware. She's just sitting, waiting. After about five minutes, five to ten minutes, she was about to get out of the car and go figure out what the heck Julian was doing and get him to hurry. It was almost three. They were already late. But that's when she sees a masked man running towards the car at her. Oh, hell no. And Carolyn states that a balaclava masked man would approach the car. And a balaclava, it's pretty similar to like a ski mask. It's just got the eyes showing. Yeah. Um, But she would describe him as being dressed in all black. He looked very menacing with his balaclava and also all black. Couldn't see his face. And he's just running at her. He pulls her out of the car. Now, some sources say she was already out of the car, but one way or another, she's out of the car. 
He, this person would then hogtie Carolyn, blindfold her, duct tape her mouth, and then put her in the trunk of the car or in the back of the car. That's another difference right there. Most sources said in the trunk, though. Okay, all that, first of all, feels like overkill. Um, but, good God, we already got a lot going on here. Oh, yes. But she's put in the trunk of the car. They drive off. And as far as Carolyn is aware, they're leaving Julian behind. She has no idea what's happening with him. She doesn't know where he is. She doesn't even know who she's with. She has no idea if she's about to die. Nothing. Now, at this point, Carolyn is obviously and rightfully terrified. She's scared. And as far as she's concerned, she's alone in this trunk. No idea what's about to happen to her. And just sitting with her thoughts, wondering what her future holds at this point, where Julian is. She's just scared. Now, sources stated they would drive for approximately five to six hours, though there were a couple sources that said it was much less. Most said five to six hours. That must have felt like an eternity for her. Oh, I can't even imagine how long that felt like for her. And then they finally stopped and they would end up in the Alpine National Park. And Carolyn, she's still blindfolded, tied up. She'd be removed from the car and taken into the woods. Now, how sources describe this is like she was pulled by her wrist, like dragged into the woods very Ooh. aggressively. But she is taken into the woods and her clothing would be cut off of her body with a knife. And they take the duct tape off her mouth. Some sources also state they remove her blindfold as well. Now, I want to throw in there, there are this is another place of inconsistency of when she was stripped. About half my sources said it was before she put, was put in the trunk and the other half said it was after so either she spent five to six hours naked in that trunk just wondering what the hell was going to happen to her, or she got a better picture when they got there. Yeah. So either way, though, it's they all agree that this happened. And it's also not clear if she remained blindfolded or not. That's another inconsistency. So she's scared. She's now for sure naked, and she's alone, at least alone with this kidnapper. And that's when she either just hears the kidnapper begin digging a hole. Again, it's not clear if she could see. Though the sources that stated that she could see stated that the kidnapper would take the shovel and kind of like show it to her and then start digging the hole. Okay. Unnecessary. Right. She's already terrified. Right. So as far as she's aware, this man is digging a grave. So she's just sitting there, tied up, terrified. She thinks she's about to be raped and killed. She's screaming and begging the man to let her go. And he just keeps on digging. He's not talking to her. He's not really acknowledging her. And she's doing what she believes she can. And she begins praying. That's really the only thing she could do, right? She's, She's tied. She's not able to do anything. She has no idea where she's at. Right. So she, for as far as she's aware, she's saying her last prayer in this moment. Right. And then her prayers are answered because the man would stop digging. And some reports claim the man would throw her in the hole. And at this point, she's like, I'm about to be raped and buried alive. But she hears the man walking away from her and then just nothing. Like he just walks away. So she would sit there alone for some time, just scared, waiting for him to come back. She can't get out. She can't move. She's sure he's coming back to kill her. But then she hears a familiar voice yelling her name. It's her boyfriend, Julian. 
So Julian had finally come to after having been knocked out. Due to Julian being unconscious, he had not been blindfolded, but he had been tied up and left naked as well. Julian had been able to get up from where he was kept, and he had been able to go and find Carolyn. So he's naked, possibly bound, but Julian, he had full sight of the area where Carolyn was left. And he could see that the kidnapper miraculously left this knife there. Now, I say possibly bound because, again, sources verified. Some claimed he was bound in an area by himself and that he had found a knife near him in that area and was able to get to it and cut his bindings off, escape, and then go find Carolyn. So, okay, 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 okay. Hold on just a second. I'm sorry. So they were both put in the car? No idea. Or he Julian. just sniffed her down this five, six hour ride? He, so he does claim that there was more than one attacker. Uh-huh. So there would possibly be more than one vehicle, especially since they were attacked hypothetically on private property, on his family's property. Uh-huh. So, I, I'm feeling skeptical, but I'm going to try to remain open-minded. I think at this point everyone feels skeptical, but we'll talk. Okay. So like I said, he's coming in, he's naked, potentially bound. But, you know, he got this knife, he was able to cut himself out of his bindings, he was able to free Carolyn from her bindings. And, you know, Julian basically just comes walking over naked from the this bush, and he's got a scratch on his head, blood on his face. And he's just, he's... He's going to be the hero, right? He's going to rescue Carolyn. And Carolyn had been so overjoyed to see her boyfriend safe. She had no idea he was there. She was just relieved that he was still alive. And for him to have escaped and given them a chance to escape as well. So Julian, he would tell them, look, we've been abducted by a satanic cult. I've seen enough so far to know that they're planning like to basically sacrifice us. And we're going to be part of some ritual. We've got to go. And, I mean, part of that might have been speculation, because he's like, why else would they bring us out here and not kill us? And he's That's like... That's what I was thinking. Right. And the attacker must have just gotten distra- distracted. They had to go set up for the ritual or get ready or something. So now is our chance. We have to go. They're being a little sloppy. I have this knife. And he tells her, like, I already fought off two kidnappers. And, well, he attempted to fight off two kidnappers. That's when the metal rod hit him. Um, on the head, and they put him in the trunk of another car. So he's like, they, like, they're working together. I fought off two, well, he didn't fight off two of them. But he was attacked by two of them, put in a trunk, a separate car from her, driven up there. And he says, I was left unconscious, and I woke up, like, vomiting blood, just sick as can be. But we're free now. We need to get out of here. So they're free, still naked. And what would this couple, like, any reasonable person would do is they are going to run. Right, I'm out of there. Bye. Yeah, I'm. I'm going anywhere else. Yeah. So they take this knife that Julian had used to cut themselves out, and they scan the area for anything else they can use. And nearby, they found a rolled up sleeping bag, and the sleeping bag just happened to have some food in it, a toothbrush, and half a pillowcase filled with uh, desiccated coconut, shredded coconut, shredded coconut. Boy, that's really convenient. I bet it was a new suitcase, wasn't it? It probably wasn't even dirty. Well, it wasn't a suitcase. It was a sleeping bag. I'm sorry, a sleeping bag. Yeah, I have no idea. So what they literally have, a knife, a sleeping bag, a toothbrush, peanut butter, a tahini, and shredded coconut. 
And some water. It did have some water as well. Well, they're good to go. <laughs> to go. Even and a toothbrush. I'm I'm flabbergasted. Okay. I know, right? Because obviously every satanic ritual needs a toothbrush. For afterwards. Duh. Yeah. To get the taste of Satan out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're going one way and I don't know what way it's going. So. I don't know, but after it left my mouth, I was like... No. 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 Anyways, the couple, they book it. They, some reports said they tried to get to the car. There were no keys. So it did them no good. So they they just have to hoof it, right? So at this point, though, it's well after the time they were supposed to be home. You might be wondering what their families are thinking. Like I said, they were supposed to be home before sunset. And it is dark now. Mm-hmm. And they're not answering their phones. They know they're supposed to be on the the property of Julian's family. And so Julian's mom, she's kind of searching the property. Some reports say she's kind of standing on the porch. Others say she goes to the waterfall. It just depends on which one you read. She was just kind of hoping to find the couple, you know, cuddled up on the property, running late. No big deal. And I'm sure they would get an earful for being late and not answering calls. But Mm -hmm. she would notice a bottle shoved into their fence. So it's like a chain link fence with this plastic bottle shoved into it. Okay. Which, for her, was very out of place. It's private property. No one's really coming up here. Like, there's not garbage all around. Her family wouldn't have just shoved it there. It's not normal. So she goes over, grabs the bottle. And in that bottle is a piece of paper. And she shakes that out of the bottle and finds it's a letter. The letter told the family that their actions angered people. So they took her son and his girlfriend. But if they cooperated, Julian and Carolyn would be returned safely. It warned them not to call the police. If they did call the police, they claimed they would, quote, fuck the girl to death and burn her alive and torture the bloody boy. Good God. Okay. Chill out. This is very aggressive. I thought this was a satanic cult. It, I mean, we'll talk in just a second. Because it also threatened to sacrifice the couple to the attacker's gods if she didn't do as asked. The note was reportedly covered with satanic markings as well. And it was reportedly signed O-N-A. Do you know who O-N-A are? I'm going to go with no. 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 O-N-A stands for Order of Nine Angels. Angles. I'm sorry. Order of Nine Angles. And it is a known satanic cult. Some claim that this cult openly practices human sacrifices. Oh, okay. They sound lovely. Yeah. So everyone's kind of freaked out by this letter. Some sources stated there was ONA in Australia already established. Others say it was not established at the time in Australia. But they primarily are based out of Europe. Mm-hmm. So they see this and they're like, okay, so someone took our children. And that afternoon as well, Carolyn's parents would come forward about getting a letter about the abduction 10 days earlier. It was also covered in strange markings. It was similar to what Julian's mother found, but in its claims, it claimed that Christians were their enemies, which lines up with ONA. Christians and ONA enemies. They're not getting along. And basically this letter said that devout families like Carolyn's were causing trouble, but they kind of, they got it so out of context. They're like, this is just some sort of sick prank. Like it hadn't really said anything about like we're going to be taking your daughter or anything like that they're just like what the hell is going on 
So they just make sense though, because if it's if it is actually ONA, and this is a pretty, it sounds like a pretty established. Um, I don't know the right word. Cult. It is a cult. It's considered a cult. I was going to say organization, but um, they sound pretty established. So why are they just picking this random or these two random families, this random couple? Well, it sounds like they were actually targeting Julian's family. Julian's family pissed some people off for whatever reason, and they were targeting them, and Carolyn was just kind of collateral damage. Okay. So, that they're getting these letters, and they're like, oh my god, we didn't even think that this was something to worry about. Julian's mother, she found that note in the bottle, and she's like, fuck this note, and calls she calls the police. <laughs> she's like, I don't give a shit what they say. We're finding these kids. And a search for the couple begin pretty quickly. Not pretty quickly, very quickly. So in their search, the police, they go to the church pastor and the pastor is like, I know that this is a real abduction because the pastor believes that this satanic story and letters were just a cover because the couple wanted to get married. And Julian and Carolyn had spoken about marriage so frequently that he just believed they eloped. He's like, they just... What? Okay, I'm. So, oh, oh my God, I have so many questions. I mean, like, okay, I'm just gonna listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is their pastor, right? He's like, they wanted to get married, but they did argue about when to get married. Julian was like, as soon as possible. We're getting hitched. We're doing the damn thing. And she was only a few months away from turning 18, so she wasn't far. But Carolyn and I mentioned this already. Carolyn wanted to wait. Until she finished school. Which doesn't feel like a lot to ask. You're talking just another year, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like that's a lot. Now, it's not that she didn't want to get married to Julian. She just wanted things done first. She wanted school out of the way. Mm-hmm. Now, police are like, well, this is interesting theory. But they don't really believe it. Partly because they didn't pack anything to go with them. Right? They just packed a picnic. Their intent was pretty clearly to go on a picnic and come back. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn was only a few months away from 18. So if they were both that desperate to get married, why not wait a couple months when it's legal for her to go and get married? Like, it doesn't make sense. And then they're also like, why would they need such an elaborate story? So police kind of discard that. And they're like, well, it's an interesting theory, Mr. Preacher Man. But <laughs> no. But they do, they start searching, and they are looking high and low, looking for anything. They're looking for the car, any signs of them, anything. They even bring in air searches over the property, everything they can think of. Now, meanwhile, our naked lovebirds, they are stranded out in the bushland. Now, the area they're in was really shitty. It was just sun and blistering heat and miserable during the day. And then at night, it was just freezing temperatures, frozen to the core all night long. Oh no, they're going to have to cuddle together to conserve their body heat. They're both naked. So they're not doing super hot with where they're left, right? The couple, they're frightened for their lives. They are wandering the area for days. They're changing their hiding spot every night in fear of being tracked. They're like, we ruined the satanic ritual. They're after us. They're going to be looking for us. We have to move. And they have minimal food to survive off of. They had what they found. And they were sharing the sleeping bag, believed to be one of the Satanists that they had left 
cropped up or dropped or something. And they're getting desperate. They're hot, then cold, then hot, then cold. It's just miserable. In the first two days, though, they would actually find that they had gone in a big circle because they would come back upon the site where that hole was dug. And they're terrified. They're like, oh, my God. They're going to they're still here. They're going to come back for us. They're going to find us. But to their luck, there was no one there at the time. But they did find a backpack leaning up against a tree. In the backpack, there was a bag with food, water, a map to the road, some clothing. So they were able to somewhat cover up. This is... uh... All right. Okay. But they see this bag and they're like, maybe... Maybe the man, you know, is... Maybe he's feeling better and wants to help us. Or maybe you know, he's going to come back. And it's more likely that he's going to come back, right? So they just take the bag and run off again. They're like, bye, not doing this. So they take off. They're literally hiding from the elements in any shelter they can find. They're using the sleeping bag. They encounter rain. They have to cross a freezing creek multiple times. They often intentionally took rougher terrain in an attempt to throw off their kidnappers. And during this time, Julian would try to convince Carolyn to have sex with him. He would urge her that they needed to have sex to keep warm. He told her, look, let's just get married in the eyes of God. You know, we're, we, we might not even survive this. We get married in the eyes of God. We have sex. We keep warm. Or you could just do some jumping jacks. <laughs> Anyways, so for me, he sounds like a scared, horny virgin boy that just wants to get laid before he dies, right? Like... We're going to die out here. Give me a shot. Let's let's have sex. Done. Oh, God. I, I feel like I know where this is going, yeah. so I'm going to keep listening. You've probably heard this story, but... I don't like him at all. I'll say that. <laughs> no one does. But Carolyn, she refuses. She is like, no, we're not going to have sex. And she's like, I am keeping myself until marriage. We've talked about this. So for me, Julian didn't want to die a virgin, but Carolyn just didn't want to die. Yeah. Like different priorities here, right? <laughs> so they are stumbling around this area, partly naked, barefoot, severely malnourished. Carolyn is having to fight off Julian's advances so that she can remain pure for her and her beliefs. You're and- freaking kidding me. You were stranded in the woods, starving, and your boyfriend, excuse me, fiance, is still harassing you to have sex. Oh, he would be left behind. I'd be like, you know what? There's a tree over there. Go have sex with that. Um, he would I'm be going dead. this way. I'm going back yeah. to the attackers. I'm. Yeah, I'd rather sleep than you. So, bye. Oh my god. But so they stumble around this area, and almost a week in the woods would come to an end on March 11th, 2008, when a farmer would come across the couple. So they would survive six days in the Australian wild. And they had walked for days. And they would either stumble onto a farm or near a farm. Again, source is not clear. But they were picked up by this farmer. And thank God for that. So by this time... Yes. I thought you said in the backpack there was a map to the road. Uh Uh-huh. Did they just leave that behind? Um, Well, look, I don't know how to read a map. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Carrie knew how to read a map. So she might have been trusting Julian, and maybe he didn't know how to read a map. Okay. But, so this 
by this time, like, there's a search for them. Like, granted, people are actually searching for bodies and not living people at this point. Mm-hmm. But the farmer finds them. He actually takes them to the hospital immediately, calls police. I mean, the couple was visibly in bad shape. They were severely sunburned, malnourished, dehydrated, blisters all over their bodies, cuts and scrapes all over. Like, very clearly not in great shape, right? So police, they're like, oh my god, they're alive. And they arrive at the hospital and they question the couple, kind of like, hey, you okay? You guys okay to talk right now? Partly because the police at this point are like, they were abducted by a satanic cult. And, like, we have to, we have to make sure that this cult isn't taking someone else, right? Yeah, we gotta investigate, we gotta find them. Yeah, they're truly worried uh, that this is, like, someone tried to abduct them. And Carolyn, she's like, okay, let's talk. So she tells police every ounce of detail she can remember. She tells them of the abduction, of the freezing night temperatures, how they fought off spiders and snakes just to stay alive. <laughs> she mentioned how Julian had repeatedly asked to have sex with her to stay warm. And <laughs> so- Carolyn, ultimately, she suffered lasting injuries from being tied up for a significant amount of time. Like, that was to her neck, her back, her hands. Like, yeah, she... like after you're tied up for so long, that can cause nerve damage, right? Yeah. So she was, I mean... She had lasting damage. Mm-hmm. And they go and speak with Julian, and he tells them about the satanic cult. He's like, we were abducted by a satanic cult. They were going to sacrifice us. And they're not questioning the legitimacy of the story. They're just like, well, we already know that we found these letters that were sent to your families. But then Julian's like, I don't really remember much. And it's like, Julian, come on now. Doesn't remember much. About in general. The in whole general. thing. He's just so yeah. traumatized. So traumatized. Ugh. So now police, they have investigating to do. So they go back and search the areas for clues. And boy, boy, do they find some clues. So they were able to find this hidey hole or whatever you want to call it where Carolyn and Julian were reunited. At the d- site, they discovered a shovel, duct tape, rope. And whatever else was left there. And when they brought back the evidence and examined it, they were shocked by what they found. Because everything connected back to one person. Julian. Oh, no. Was it oh. Julian? Yeah, it I was didn't Julian. See this coming. He's just a, <laughs> a chaste little virgin boy. What did he do? Look, police, they did not initially question the story that Julian had given him. But they, they do have some sp- suspicions now. All the tools were from Julian's car. So if this were a planned kidnapping, why were the assailants not prepared with, I don't know, their own fucking rope? Or their own fucking shovel? Like, why weren't they prepared? And why would they depend on items that could potentially be in someone's car? I don't keep a shovel in my car. I don't keep a shovel in my car. Exactly. So, like... Look, this ain't Hannah you have a shovel for? Like, I, I have no idea. I don't have duct tape in my car either. I don't have rope in my car either. I have rope in my car. I don't have rope. But you know what I mean? Like, why, why yeah. are you depending on someone to have these items? Also, you went through all of this trouble to plan this out so much that you sent a letter, mailed a letter days or weeks earlier? 
10 days in advance. Yet you don't bring the gear needed to abduct somebody. Right. Also, would this satanic cult really leave a knife behind? In range for someone to grab it? I don't like, think so, but rookie, what do I know? Rookie mistake, guys. Like, what's before rookie mistakes? Like, this is worse than a rookie mistake. What's before rookie? I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> and then, here's the other thing. is Julian, when he went and found Carolyn, he's yelling her name. How did he even know she was near? He'd been knocked out. How would he have been able to find her? Also, why was he yelling when he knew someone attacked him and could be nearby? All valid questions that I did not think to ask earlier. And the spot where Julian claimed to have been struck, there wasn't a mark. So if there was a blow to his head, then why was there not some sort of injury or mark there? Where did the blood come from? I I think he just scratched his head when he was doing something stupid. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. So they bring Buckwald in for questioning. And they're like, listen, Julian, what's going on? And he very quickly drops the satanic kidnapping story. And he would give details of what really happened. And if everything, if you guys did not catch on, if everything felt a little too convenient, let me just tell you, it was. Julian Buckwald and Carolyn, they had not had any intimate moments, right? And while they had promised themselves for marriage, someone else, get, or someone was getting a little impatient. That would be Julian. So Julian, he orchestrates this entire kidnapping. Prior to driving through the country, he would plant a bag of clothes and he would claim to see roadkill and park so it was out of sight so that he could go change his clothes. He would then come out covered in head to toe in black. He would tie her up, put her in the trunk of the car, take her to this remote area, cut her clothing off, dig this hole where he would, you know, he was using manipulation mind tactics there to really fucking scare her he would then potentially tie himself up or claim to have been tied up not clear again if he was still bound when he found carolyn or not and then he would quote unquote rescue carolyn and then he and carolyn would roam the area evading their kidnappers and julian buckwald he he orchestrated this whole thing in hopes of getting carolyn to sleep with him I am mouth agape. What the fuck? He has a hand. He can go take care of himself. No one gives a shit. She does not owe you shit. Do they get married, Bryce? No. Oh, okay. I didn't hear anything. I said no. Oh, okay. I guess it didn't register because all I heard was silence and I was like, Bryce? No, they, no. Because he's now admitting to this, right? He's like. Oh, God. Yeah, I did this. And he's like, yeah, I attempted numerous times while we were out there and naked to get her to sleep with me or marry him in the eyes of God and consummate the marriage. Like, you went through all this work? But just, just chill. Just Less chill than out. a year. Less than a year. Right? Oh, my God. So basically, when he finally realizes it's not going to work, he's not getting laid, he leads them back to the road. At least that's what a lot of sources state, that he knew where they were. He knew the area, and he just kept her hostage out there until he gave up hope of getting laid. So once that hope was gone, he's just like, let's get back to the fucking road. 
Out of all the things I've heard of guys doing to get laid, this has to be the absolute dumbest, most intensive plan, quote unquote. It's so stupid. Anyway, well, he would be arrested. He was found guilty of kidnapping. And he, so he's found guilty in trial. Like, they're like, yes, you're guilty. But he remained out on bail during that time. So he's on bail, expected to come back for his sentencing hearing. Well, he misses his sentencing court date. And he was nowhere to be found. He had left the country. So this man could not even bother to be accountable for his actions. So what he went ahead and did is he dyed his hair and eyebrows just this dark black he had blonde hair he would put some fake tan all over like real dark fake tan he would obtain a fake indian passport and he would flee to singapore bye what the (laughs) and i do have that surprise he accomplished that first of all only past australia the singapore authorities were like what the fuck are you doing go back to australia It didn't last long for him. Oh my god. Sources state that he was en route to Germany to go because he supposedly had family out there. And you know, he was found, so they're like, what the fuck? So the Indian authorities are like, no. (laughs) You are they took one look at him and they're like, ew. They're like, you're not Indian. Oh, go away. A really bad fake tan and you missed a spot on your hair dye there sir also why is this picture super glued or why is this picture elm or like glue sticked on to this passport like i'm confused um, so, so um i can't i can't stand this guy he only got through australian authorities he did not get through indian authorities but they send him back, and he actually is sentenced in absentia to seven years and nine months in prison for the kidnapping of Carolyn Watson. He would get an additional six months for his evading authorities, and he was able to apply for parole at around five years. Does that it's feel like long off? Right? That was like a real slap on the wrist. It really was. for the. I mean, I'm not saying he's smart, but the amount of thought that he put into this... My thing is they could have died out there. Absolutely. Why was that not attempted murder? Is it because he didn't have the intent to murder her? Well, he almost did. I have no idea. So I think he got off real freaking easy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. While he was in jail, though, he would appeal his case. He believed that it was a miscarriage of justice. And that he had been given an excessive sentence. Go straight to hell. Straight to hell. The maximum term for this conviction in Australia, from what I could find, is 25 years. He didn't even get it half that time. What was excessive about it? That he didn't want to get caught because he thought getting laid would outweigh the law, I guess. Don't worry. His appeals were denied based on the ground of the long-lasting trauma the kidnapping would ultimately have on Carolyn Watson. Yeah. So, and honestly, Australian authorities were having none of this shit. They're like, we're done. So now this next bit, I struggle to confirm this. So I'm hopeful it's true. 
like super hopeful it's true, but Australia, if you did this, I I don't even know. You guys are my favorite right now if you did this. But remember how I mentioned that Julian Buckwald's family had immigrated from Germany to Australia when he was just a little baby? Yeah. Guess who never received citizenship in Australia? <gasps> this twat? <laughs> yeah. So they canceled his visa in 2014, and supposedly in 2016, he is deported back to Germany. Guess who doesn't speak a lick of German? Oh, get dunked on. <laughs> and guess who doesn't know many people in Germany, though he may have family out there. If they're willing to keep him there, though. I was going to say, I would be very ashamed of a family member that pulled this crap. Right. And would you like to, like, know a little cherry on top of that? Oh, my God. Was that not the cherry? <laughs> There's one more piece of cherry. Okay. So some sources claim that his family had actually settled in Australia before he was born. Like, his older sister had been born in Australia two years prior to his birth, and she was considered an Australian citizen. <laughs> However, he was born in Germany while his family was there for an extended visit. So he was considered a German citizen. So, according to those sources, just all of this timing his family had really fucked him so he could get deported. That's amazing. And he did try to fight it, and he was like, look, I've got jobs lined up, blah, 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 and they were like, I don't care. I don't give a crap about your jobs. You abducted a girl. You abducted girlfriend. a minor. In the hopes of getting laid. Yeah. So sources claim that he is out of jail now, living on his own. His current whereabouts are unclear as of 2023. And that goes for Carolyn Watson as well. I hope she married a prince. I Like a literal prince. I can only imagine that she had so, so many like trust issues, traumatic. Like that's traumatic. Yes. That's, that is absolutely insane. So I hope she's doing well, and I hope she's out there living her best life. I don't even care what she does. She doesn't need to marry anyone. She can be a nun if that's the route she wanted to go. I just hope she's living her best life. Yeah. I hope she's rich in in everything. Cash, yes. uh, happiness. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how traumatic the events were? She, and she truly believed that it was a satanic cult. And then they're in the hospital doing this investigation and she finds out there was never a satanic cult. This was the man that I thought I loved and I was going to marry. He put me through all of this bullshit because he wanted to get laid. To prey on every ounce of her, her trust, her faith, her to just. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So beyond fucked. What a douche canoe. He's the worst. Like, I'm sorry that she's focused on survival and not your wee-wee. I hope he had a horrible time in prison. I hope that he remained a virgin for even longer. Because that sucks for him. He thought he was getting laid at 22. No, he's going to prison. <laughs> I hope he's a virgin the rest of his life. I do too, but... Loser. My other... The other part of me wonders if the Australian government was like, we have to predict our citizens, and Carolyn's a citizen, and you're not, so go back to yeah. Germany, sucker. Bye. I hope that's true. I really do. I, hope I that's do. True. 
like I said, I couldn't, I only had a handful of sources state that. However, a lot of my sources were from like 2014. Mm-hmm. So there were older sources. I couldn't find a lot of more recent ones. So the more recent ones did state that mm-hmm. for the most part. So I told you it did not have any murder or rape in it. How was that somehow worse? Uh, It's better than some of the other stories I have. That Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of liked that story, though. I, I feel like it had a happy question mark ending. It happy had in comparison. Weed. It had a survivor, because she was a survivor, for sure. And also the fact that she was still like, no, I'm not having sex with you out in the woods. Like, I'm like, you go, girl. Oh, for sure. She's... I, I just... I, I'm sorry. I can't even imagine... Like, what she went through when he actually said that to him. Oh, excuse me. When he actually actually said that to her. She was probably like, get your penis away from me and go sleep in the corner. I don't care if you're cold. Yeah, yeah she's like, no, you're not sleeping in the sleeping bag tonight. Uh-uh. I can see everything, sir. Put it away. I can see everything, and I'm still not impressed enough to have sex with you <laughs> before we get married. And I'm just like your resolve and her commitment to her religion like to her Mm -hmm. beliefs good for you for standing by it yeah so oh my god i hate it (laughs) like i said it was better than murder because i'm like good i'm glad he was deported if he was i hope he was like i'm sorry germany that you have to deal with him now but you guys deal with him how you want yeah, I feel like I feel like he's just having a really bad life. I hope. I hope that every time he goes out, someone recognizes him and just like throws a tomato at his pimply face. <laughs> I hope he has pimples the rest of his life. I, you know what? I know that acne sucks, but if mm-hmm. you are listeners, we're not judging your acne. We're judging him. And we yeah. hope he suffers and nothing works for him. For you guys, we hope things work. Same with, like, being a virgin. I don't give a heck if you're a virgin. I'm glad that he was, though, because he deserved uh-huh. to be one. I hope he still is one. Gross. Yeah. I hope his dick falls off and he's always one. I just hope all the worst things for him. <laughs> I hope that while he's in Germany, he's just like, I have no idea what people are saying. Though, by this point, if he is, he probably speaks German now, but... I, I hope he's people... really bad at it and he struggles. I, I was going to say, I hope people judge him for his crappy German. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't want to look at him anymore. I'm getting that. And I did include a picture of the passport. Which is so, like, it's so much worse. It's so bad. It's so bad. Ugh, he's, he's gross. He looks orange from the self-tanner. Mm-hmm. And he just, he's, he's the worst. But, hey, no one died. I, I really do. I hope she's doing phenomenally. Phenomenally. Uh-huh. Phenomena. Do 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 do. <laughs> Phenomena. Do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. <clears throat> so I'm pretty excited to share my story. I okay. I liked this one. Uh, I did a haunting. This there are is dolls. Yeah. There are. 
Okay. So many dolls. Okay. This is Burnbury Mansion in Glenspey, New York. Huffington Post called this the number one haunted hotel in America. Okay. Margaret Ross McKenzie Elkin. She was <laughs> no big deal. Singer sewing machine. She was an heiress. She was a what? An heiress to the singer sewing machine. Oh, portion. okay. Yeah. I thought you said she was a singer and sewing machine. And I was like, you, what? Like she sang yeah. and sewed a lot. Like I'm very like, confused. At the same time. Yeah. She was famous. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I got you now. Uh, she was one of either seven or 10 children. Sources varied on that. Cause apparently that's the theme of this episode is varying sources. Sources vary. <laughs> yeah. But this was back in the late 1800s so people had a lot of kids i know it's possible one reference is surviving and the other one references mm-hmm. total yeah so she was one of a bunch of kids of george ross mckenzie he was the third president of the singer sewing machine company he died in 19 in 1892 and when he died his estate valued at million. Uh, Do you want to know what $3.5 million in 1892 would be today? A shit ton today. Do you want to guess? I'm going in the billions. $118,380,384.62. Wait, repeat that again. 118 million. Oh, I thought it was going to be way higher. I did too, honestly. But still, like 3.5 million to 118 million. It's, it's a big jump. God. Uh, yeah, so uh, he left a little bit. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> he left it to his widow and his children. And Margaret, she was married. She had married Charles Elkin. They built. Burnbury Mansion in 1908 is when it was finished with the inheritance money. Because why the hell not? This mansion sits on roughly 20 wooded acres at the bottom of the Catskill Mountains. Very, um, this mountain, or I mean, this mansion is gorgeous. It's huge. It's got the wraparound porches, the steeples. It's big. It's big. It's freaking huge. Yeah. Now, Charles Elkin, he was an engineer. He was an inventor. He held numerous patents. He also sold spring water that was bottled on the property. And he was good at playing the organ. Dang! Yeah, he was... uh, So, like, they had money other than this tiny little inheritance that they got Mm -hmm. margaret she was known for throwing lavish parties but she was also really charitable this is a trait that she had gotten from her dad they donated a lot of money to multiple charities Mm -hmm. but she died in 1951 and before she died she had already buried her daughter elsie who died at either nine years old or four years old i saw both she buried another one of her daughters, Margaret, who was named after her. She 
Uh, her son Charles died at the age of 34, and her grandson Levi died during childbirth. Man, she is not, she is experiencing a lot of death. Mm-hmm. And a lot of her family members, uh, possibly all of them that I just named, are buried on this property. You, you're asking for things to be haunted. Oh, yeah. That, along with the fact that it's well over 100 years old. Since the Elkins, the Burnbray Mansion has been bought five times. And over the years, it's, we see it all the time. It's been multiple different properties. As it changed hands, it was a tea house during Prohibition. It was a boarding house. It's currently a bed and breakfast. It's owned by Mike and Pat Frasby. They bought it in 1993. And when they bought this house, it had been converted to apartments. And after they bought it, a couple of the tenants did stay. But it seemed like most of them left. And Mike and Pat were very cool people, and they allowed these tenants to stay. They weren't just like, hey, kick rocks. This is our house now. I would have been like, get the hell out. Sorry. <laughs> In a house this big, I feel like, really, I feel like you could have someone else living there and not even know it. It's get the hell out. I want to paint every inch of this house. <laughs> uh, they did restore a lot of it back to its original glory. Um, there was horse stables on the property that they made into a motel with 12 rooms. Okay. In this motel, people report a large, dark, shadowy figure lurking around outside. Beds are ruffled after being made, and people say that they claim it looks like someone has sat down on the bed. Yeah. So, you know, so you got that nice, really crisp. rude butt imprint. You've got the crisp sheets, and then there's the butt wrinkles. Yep. Mm-hmm. You got the peach right there. Ghost hunters, when they investigated the property, they found, like, stitches and repairs made in the blanket that just so happened to make it look like someone sat down. It didn't seem like they thought it was done on purpose. But once they got to looking at it, they said that the blanket had been repaired. And that's what made it look like that. Okay, well, way to go, party poopers. Yeah, that one was debunked. Uh, But male and female apparitions are also seen in this motel. According to the Frazies, they would have people over, you know, hey, come over to our huge mansion and stay the night. And they would get multiple complaints that their guests would hear They would be kept up all night by a baby crying, but there's no babies on the property. We don't allow babies on this property. Yeah. So maybe it was you being the big baby. Yeah. This property is, by the way, spoiler alert, B-Y-O-B. The B does not stand for baby. It stands for beer. This property is also a bring your own ghost hunting equipment? Nope. They provide that too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll get to that. Don't worry. Just sitting on the nightstand, that's what I imagine. You walk in and they're like, here's your collection of ghost hunting shit. (laughs) Make sure you return it, or I imagine they'll charge you for it. That shit can't be cheap. I mean, Amazon has them. Fair. Now, the crazy son-in-law, Andy, he claims to have had encounters with a spirit that he called Ellie. His wife, the crazy's daughter, she thinks this might be Elsie? The daughter that died, Margaret's daughter that died on the property. 
Andy said that he participated with a group of paranormal investigators using dowsing rods to communicate with Ellie. And even though he was getting intelligent responses to questions with the dowsing rods, he was still skeptical. So he had asked her, okay, if you're really here, move a toy in the attic. And when they went upstairs and checked the attic, a small Smurf toy had been moved across the room. Don't don't be provoking shit, guys. These strange happenings, they started 40 years ago. People report doors opening and slamming, children's voices, and laughing. Hearing balls bouncing. There's also a nursery on the property where all the children were supposedly spent at least the first couple years of their lives. Um, <clears throat> for unknown reasons, this was sealed shut. It was just walled up behind a second floor bedroom with all the furniture still inside. And people could hear children laughing and playing through the walls. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. I did find a couple sources that said that they had been, like, this area had been opened since then. I don't want it. Close that shit back up. That's bad mojo. Yeah. Don't just block that off. Block off the bedroom also that's in front of it. That whole wing of the house, it's gone. It's a goner. Second story? Nope, not anymore. We're done with that. The ghosts can have it. It doesn't belong to us anymore. Y'all can have it. It's not, mm mm-mm. There's a second floor closet <laughs> that you you notice a picture of, I think, immediately. The dolls? This, oh, yeah. It's the dolls. It is full of dolls. Guys, when I say dolls, I'm talking five or ten dolls. I'm talking 30 plus dolls. Some of oh. them are cracked. Some of them are missing limbs. If you look, you see on the... The third that, shelf, the second one from the bottom, the baby in the chair, there's just a random hand there. Whose uh-huh. hand is that? Oh, no, I want to just call this out. There is well over 30. There has to be, if, like, I believe there's triple digit dolls in here. Yes. There's that no way. Can, and they're steadily growing. Because some and, of these dolls belong to children that lived on the property. Some dolls are left as gifts by people that stay in the mansion. Stop it. Okay, we had this with the Cloud Motel. Quit leaving shit. We had this with the Island of Dolls. Quit leaving shit. If you're going to leave something, at least leave a whole ass doll. Not just the fucking hand. hand. What the hell is wrong with you? Some of these are even like clowns. Like that baby looks like it has its brain exposed. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see what else we got. We've got some. Is that a saw doll right there? Which one? Mark it. It's on the. Okay, hold on. I'm just gonna mark a couple of them that I absolutely cannot stand. Um, I mean, I can't stand any of them. I can't tell if that's a saw doll or if that's like obstruction. Oh, that kind of does look like. Oh. And if it's not, the head is way too big. It looks like a person's head. I hate this closet. It makes me nauseous. Oh, it's the worst. Ugh. The whole, um, oh, it's awful. I hate it so much. And it's like, uh, just, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Um, people report seeing a woman in white 
wandering the halls and the staircases at night. And she's also seen just sitting on the staircase. What if my room is on the second floor? I'm not going to bed. I'm stuck. I am stuck. Like, I don't like walking past a living person on a staircase. It's awkward. Please That's move. That's just rude. Don't be yeah. sitting there. There's a story of a man called William. He was the family's coachman. And he attempted to commit suicide, but failed. Um, and then he ended up succumbing to his wounds days later. He can be seen roaming the grounds and the forest. And he's been described as wearing, like, turn-of-the-century clothing. Okay. Now, there's also the, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, the Hapjis, or the Hopjis. They were an elderly couple that were tenants when the Frazies took over. They were both in their 90s. They stayed in what is now the McKenzie Suite, and they eventually ended up passing in 1995 and 1996. People report seeing them playing chess in front of the big window on the second floor when you're looking at the house from the outside. People also smell Mrs. Hapchie's baking, like specifically cookies I saw a lot because she loved baking. She did it all the time. Oh, and obviously no one's, I guess I should have said that, they smell cookies when no one's been baking. I mean... Can we, if we start smelling cookies, do you think we can just throw some Pillsbury in the oven just to make everyone more comfortable? I mean, I'm, you could always throw any, like, cookie smell or not, you could throw some cookies in the oven and I'm going to be more comfortable. I just think cookies. that cookie smell, I'd be like, um, could we maybe get some Febreze? I don't want to smell ghost cookies. What if it's a candle that smells like cookies? Then as long as you can point it out, I'm fine. Well, I haven't seen one, but... I'm saying in there. They could be like, oh, it's just that candle. It smells like Pillsbury dough every day. It's great. And I can go and put my face in the candle and be like, yeah, it smells like a cookie. That's fine. That candle's coming home with me, though. (laughs) People also claim to hear Mr. Hapji's classical music that he would listen to. And in their room, in the McKenzie suite, it's been reported that there's a chair that people hear moving across the floor. No. But then when this person sat up in bed, they saw the chair move across the floor. No. I gotta go. Sorry, chairs don't move on their own. Nope. Someone's clearly in here and I did not give them the key. (laughs) People also report hearing animals on the property when there aren't any. Like, I specifically saw people claim to hear a cat meowing or yowing, but they don't have a cat. Hey, that could be a stray. They also hear an organ playing when there is no organ in the house. Is that also a stray? No, but I mean... Not just a stray organ out in the yard that came up. Someone fed it and now it won't leave. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) Someone played it and it was like, never leaving. (laughs) People hear footsteps going up and down the stairs and especially up and down the hallways at night. They hear breathing, which just makes me so uncomfortable. I think I would rather hear giggling than breathing. 
I'm pretty sure you've said you've ra- you'd rather hear breathing than giggling before. Well, now I'm changing my mind because I just, I feel like giggling, I can hear that from anywhere in a house, but you got to be real close to hear breathing. Unless it's on a speaker or. It reminds me of that guy from Hey Arnold. It just reminds me of someone on like a stair climber doing cardio. Like you can hear that from across the room. And you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was reminded of the uh, the guy with glasses that was always right behind Helga, breathing in her yeah. ear. Yeah. I was more thinking about me trying to do a stair climber for a minute. Going, <laughs> <laughs> if that's how they're breathing, I don't know. Now I'm uncomfortable again. <laughs> right in your ear. You doing? What are you doing in the afterlife that has you so desperate for oxygen? <laughs> They're doing a stair climber. <laughs> All the, that will be my living hell. Will someone my hell? If I, Satan's gonna be like, "Go get on the stair climber," and I'm gonna be like, "Are you sure? Uh huh." For how long? Ever. So the walking up and down the stairs and the breathing—they coincide together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We uh, debunked. Done. <laughs> And really what they're hearing is their own breath and they're like, I'm not that winded from going up a flight of stairs. Must be a ghost. Has to be. I'm in perfect health. I would never breathe that heavily. <laughs> um, there's also reports of feeling watched as people lay in their beds at night. How do you sleep? You don't. I Okay, hold on. The other night, I was so fucking tired. I think I was seeing things. I couldn't fall asleep. Um, but I kept feeling like I kept seeing like a figure in our hallway, like a black figure. I finally closed the office door because I wasn't sure if it's like lights from cars passing and hitting that light and refracting okay. weird. Yeah. But all night, that's all I could think about. I could not sleep. So how does someone sleep if you feel like someone's watching you? I do not know. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't. I will lay in bed all night. And I did just the other day. <laughs> I was real cranky that day, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> by I that day, I mean imagine. yesterday. I can't imagine. No, I hate that. Uh-uh. But I was, and it could have also been like shadows from, like we have a, lo- a basket of laundry that needs to be folded. Mm-hmm. So I could have been seeing something like hanging out of that and like imagining. It was just like really rough. Like, to a point, I had to get up and close that door. So, my point is, is that if you feel like you're being watched, how are you sleeping? I don't know, but I do get where you're coming from with the basket of clothes, because nobody is more paranoid than, or nobody makes me more paranoid than my own damn brain when Uh I wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning and there's a shadow in the room. This is how the night went. Look, especially when it's a clown face, right? Yeah, in the mirror, <laughs> close to my child. Yeah. Look, this is how this happened. Is I was on my phone on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. So I put my phone down thinking, okay, it's bedtime. It's like 10 o'clock. And I don't know if it was like my eyes adjusting too, but I saw that shadow. And I was like, what is that? What's happening? Okay. And I lay back down, but I'm like, I in that area mm-hmm. for like probably 30 minutes. I'm just, I in that area. Because every time I feel like I look away, I feel like I see something, right? I was going to say, yeah, and you don't see anything until you look away from the the door. Right. So I finally just got up 
and closed the office door because I'm like, maybe it's just the office, like lights or something or how the shadows are doing, whatever. So I closed the office door. But then I still kept, where is it? (laughs) I still kept looking and I was so paranoid. I did not, I slept, I probably fell asleep at about, I'm not sure if it was 11 or midnight. Either way, that's really late for me. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up at three in the morning and I was just fucking pissed because my brain, I wake up and my brain went to shadow in the door in the hall. I was like, you motherfucker. (laughs) stop that so i'm like looking at the hall and i finally look at the time and i'm like oh of course it's three in the morning and i could not sleep i was awake from three that morning on so wait you sleep with your door open the bedroom door open um it's because the airflow we have to or else it gets too hot and stuffy in our bedroom i would have 12 fans in there it's just too hot and we don't have space so luckily our bedroom stays pretty cool yeah. We do have like a ceiling fan, a stand-up fan. We keep the house on sixty-eight, and then we have the um, uh, the the good curtains. Uh huh. The blackout. Yes. So luckily, it stays pretty chilly because I can't sleep with the door open. Our other thing is the animals. It it uh, got to a point where like the cat had her claws under the door, shaking it. Mm-hmm. The dogs were <laughs> wanting in and out. Like we just gave up that fight years ago. So the door is open. Oh my god, no. I'm I'm anxious for you. So, oh, it was the worst. It was I was real tired. That was yesterday. So, mm-hmm. when when I went to bed last night, I was out. <laughs> I laid down and it was <laughs> shadow or not, like I'm sleeping tonight. <laughs> like, Cody, come hold me. <laughs> uh, where were we at? Oh, people are ugh, people watch <laughs> Sorry. as they lay in bed. Sidetrack. Um, people report seeing a moving cloud on the staircase, which I don't feel like I've ever heard before. Is it a cloud or like a thing of mist, which is basically a cloud? That's what I'm thinking. Is this a is it's mist, but it was described as a cloud. In two different sources, they said it was a cloud. So I left that word. But that's what I'm thinking. Like they see a mist. Unless it's just really fluffy. It's a fluffy mist. And they're like, that's a cloud. It's got rounded edges. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're like, looks like something I could draw. You can draw. I don't know. I can't. No, I'm pretty good at drawing a cloud. Can't draw mist, though. No idea how to do that. No idea. They're like, Maybe I can just... draw a cloud, but that's yeah, what it is. Mm-hmm. I can also draw uh, I can also draw birds. I just do M's in the sky. Oh, yeah, those are easy. Birds, mm-hmm. check, done. Yep. Birds, clouds, cool. We're good. Christmas trees, done. <laughs> I got those, too. Yeah, Stick people can do that. Done. We are artists. A, a mountain with a river flowing through it? Done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a cat from behind? Yep, it's a cue. You just put ears on top. Uh-huh. Okay, we're giving away all our secrets. Um, Guys, you didn't hear any of that. <laughs> people are touched. They hear footsteps outside. Okay, and this... this okay. <laughs> this was a specific story. So this guy, he's in the bathroom. He's using the bathroom. And at the time, um, he's the only person in the house. They were doing a paranormal investigation. So he hears footsteps, and they caught an EVP of these footsteps outside the bathroom door. And as he's in the bathroom, something starts trying to open the door. Oh, no. Um, no that's hands down. 
if I have to pick somewhere to be uh, to witness a paranormal I don't I don't know to witness a spirit it's never ever gonna be when I'm at my most vulnerable in the with my bathroom. pants down with my pants down my bare ass no for you that's like extra vulnerable I'm terrified <laughs> That's like the worst. That's if I'm ever a ghost, I know when to go haunt you. I'm just gonna wait until yeah. James is gone, and you know James and Annie and all the kids are gone, and wait till you go to the bathroom, and then I'm just gonna knock on the door. This is gonna make me so paranoid that like two weeks from now, James is gonna ask me why there's salt in the bathroom. Hey, this is when I haunt you. So <laughs> does not matter. I'm gonna start putting salt at the doorway or something. Make a little salt circle. <laughs> I'm gonna draw some happy little trees in the salt. <laughs> a mountain with some river going through it. Oh my god. Maybe a couple birds. I'm gonna be like M. They're trying to communicate. <laughs> Why is there a triangle on here? I'm so confused. Oh my god, it's satanic symbols. <laughs> and then I'll sign it at the bottom. Bruce. <laughs> Brucey Pooh. <laughs> I'm going to be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm saging the shit out of this house. I'm pretty going to be miles away laughing my ass off. <laughs> Not even the house. I'm saging the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just going to buy a sage candle. I do have one, actually. A sage and tea tree smells great. Oh, I'm just envisioning all the new ways I'm going to haunt you if I ever need to. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to scratch the bathroom walls behind the toilet so it sounds like it's coming from behind you. If you're going to do that, at least get the wainscoting off the walls for me. Oh, no, no. I'm going to do it on, like, the other side of the wall. Oh, crap. I'm not going in the bathroom with you. I'm just going to wait till you're comfortable, got your phone, and then start scratching down the wall. Oh, all of this is happening from outside the bathroom? Yeah. Damn it. Now I'm never going to leave the bathroom because someone else, I think someone's in the house. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm going to just knock on the bathroom door and I'll whisper. I hate it. Mm -mm. I'm going to have to text James and be like, you have to come home. I'm stuck on the toilet again. And this time, it's not my sciatic nerve. It's all of the other nerves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. What we're going to need our listeners to do is send us ideas on how we can continue haunting Amanda while she's in the bathroom. I like that you said we need people to do this. I do not. I guarantee you, next time I'm in the bathroom, they're just going to come to mind. I don't you're need gonna, any help. You're going to see all the soap or something moving around in the bathroom. <laughs> the water's going to turn on. All Annie's bathtub toys are just going to be everywhere all the time. That's that. <laughs> that right there. Like, I'm going to pick them up and go back into the bathroom a couple minutes later, and they're all going to be in the bathtub again. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to put them all in, like, the kitchen sink and like, spread them throughout the house. You'll find one under your pillow one night. I will probably just attribute that to the, the, to the child. But I'll make sure it's still wet. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. That's just dirty. Uh, hey, if I'm a ghost, I have to do something to entertain myself. At my expense? What about all these people that you can't stand? 
that's a lot of people. And we're going to be perfectly honest. You're more fun. Yeah, but you have an eternity to haunt these people. Yeah, and I have an eternity to haunt. I have one lifetime to haunt you. And then when you're haunting too, we can go haunt the other people together. What makes you think I'm going to team up after you did all this shit to me? You'll think it's funny. <laughs> and secondly, what makes you think you're going to die first? I, I might beat say, you to it. I didn't say I was. I said if. <laughs> this is all hypothetical, okay? If. <sighs> okay. We'll let y'all know who wins that race. Um, <laughs> it's common for people to use toys to communicate with spirits in this mansion. And apparently they do. They get a lot of responses using balls or toys that light up. Okay. I think that's normal, though. I think a lot of paranormal investigators do that with because a ball is easier for something to move. Mm-hmm. And, and if it lights I saw, up. I saw um, a group of paranormal investigators specifically using a ball that lights up when it moves. And it was... Right. That thing was... It was blinking. It was, it was active. I just want that for the dogs. Do you think they have a dog ball like that? I know they do. I, I know, know for a fact that they do. Now, okay, so this brings me to South Jersey ghost research. I am frustrated with you people because they investigated the mansion at one point, And the mansion's website, burnbraymansion.com, states that they got a ridiculous amount of evidence. The web, uh, Burnbray Mansion says that they got 186 positive photos, two positive videos, five motion sensor readings that were well above average. They got 47 EVPs, 32 positive anomalous EMF readings. I don't know what that means. I get the feeling they didn't share any of this for public access. <laughs> they, the investigators themselves, also reported cold patches, pressure, and emotional swing and emotional swings. I thought you were going to say emotional support, and I'm like, those are some hella nice ghosts. I almost said that, and then I was like, no, that's not right at all. They did the opposite. They emotionally unsupported. <laughs> yeah, like, I. Tr- <laughs> You want what from us? No, ma'am. What makes you think you're going to get that here? This is burn bright. This is not what you expected. No. But yeah, you're right. I tried to find this evidence. Um, burn bright Mansion, their website, was even nice enough to be like, look, here's the here's evidence from this. And no, none of them work. So I went to South Jersey Ghost Research's website, and I found their page from where they went to Burn Bray Mansion and it's when you click on the link it says page not found. So I was you really upset. Heifers. Yeah. Now the Frazies, they lean all the way into their haunted house. Not only with the obligatory yearly Halloween festivals or festivities, excuse me, they also have murder mysteries. And like I told you earlier, they keep paranormal investigating equipment on site and available for guests to use at their own leisure. They have dowsing rods, and uh, EMF detector, and temperature guns. Now, rooms at this place, pretty affordable. 
They range from $245 to $500 a night. The $500 a night room was the McKenzie room where the Hopchies stayed. I love that you're like, $245, pretty affordable. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm looking for 100 I mean, me too, but like... If I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go to a haunted location, two forty-five a night ain't bad. Oh, also super affordable. You can rent the whole ass mansion for a thousand dollars. Oh no, that one's affordable as fuck. Uh, yeah, like I, you get what a couple families, y'all throw in what five families, two hundred bucks each. Yeah, done. Dunzo, yeah. That's cheaper than just going by yourself. I don't know five families, but that's not the point. Now, the stable rooms, those are more more our budget. They range from 120 to 160 a night. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. Only problem is this um <laughs> this really creepy picture with the shadow person dead ass in the middle of it. That's a stable room. Um so Oh, is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, you'll have a roommate, potentially. Yeah, they're going to have to pay half that price then. (laughs) If I'm paying 120, they better be then mowing me 60. Let me tell you what you get, though. Overnight stays include... Include what? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Okay. The bullet says hope choked fine. Home cooked dinner. Home cooked dinner. Sorry. Hope choke fine. <laughs> you wow. get a home cooked dinner. No, you get a hope choke fine. <laughs> um, you also get a free a full breakfast with fresh baked breads and eggs from chickens on the property. You get a guided tour of the mansion and the attic of curiosities. The mansion no. is BYOB. Again, that does not stand for babies. Uh, and paranormal investigations, they are welcome. They just request that you call them and set it up. And so could they're I, like, all about it. Could I call and be like, listen, I want to do a paranormal investigation. Um, it's this night. It's just me. Are they going to be like, okay, cool. Your shit will be in your room for you. Um, well, I imagine they might be like, okay, that's a thousand dollars. Please, <laughs> They're like, okay, that one's going to cost you for the yeah. entire thing, and we're booked that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't very clear on how the paranormal investigations worked, but they did. They were basically like, hey, reach out to us. I assume they probably try to work something out that way. You're not trying to investigate while there's families, you know, there. But yeah, they. When you do stay the night, you are more than welcome to borrow some dousing rods and an EMF detector and just go hog wild. Everything else, though, if you want to bring it, you better be prepared. Yes. Motion sensor, you better bring your own. Uh, yeah, that's the story of Burn Bray Mansion. Um, I don't know why I'm so New York-centric lately, because my last story was also in New York, but here we I are. Don't even, I've already blacked out your last story. Yeah, it was Christmas, sorry. Yeah, that's probably why I blacked it out. It was awful. But, anyways, this shadow picture is really, like, unsettling. It Yeah, and that's from Ghost Hunters. Um, that's from their gallery. Man, that's, I don't, I don't like it. 
at all. I don't either. It's that's a that's a whole ass shadow figure. That thing is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like darker than the rest of the photo. Like it's very clear to see, but also you can still see through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's very much a human figure. Oh yeah, it sure looks like it. See, I originally wanted to visit this place, but the shadow figure, along with the closet of all the horrifying dolls, and even the the attic of curiosities, I'm not curious. You know, I'm not... The dolls were kind of like, I was already done with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the shadow figure really, really sealed that deal. Because at first, I thought that picture was like, oh, you can see... You can see the wrinkled sheets. And so I didn't even notice the shadow figure. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there is a shadow figure. Mm hmm. So, this other room, that's the Curiosities room? Yes, the Attic of Curiosities. I don't like that one either. There's so much stuff, which makes me wonder, too. Um,. Maybe it was before all this stuff was in here. I'm not really sure. But Andy had said he noticed that a toy was moved from one side of the room to the other. How the hell do you notice one specific toy is moved in this room? That's what I'm wondering. Is there so much shit in this room? I'm sorry. It's not shit. They're curiosities. There are so many curiosities. How do you even see those things be moved? I, your guess is as good as mine. Because I was when I saw this picture, I was thinking that. And but by the way, also, guys... There's a ton of dolls in here, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's also unsettling because, like, how old is this stuff? You're bringing this to a place that is already very haunted. You just, Do you want ghosts? Because that's how you get ghosts. They already have ghosts. Oh, yeah. You guys need to call some Ghostbusters and fix <laughs> that. They're going to have ectoplasm everywhere soon enough. I bet they already do. It's probably on the walls. It's probably just running through the pipes. <laughs> and Other I get that though. Like it is really pretty house. It's, it's pretty, but I'm pretty sure I don't <laughs> want to be possessed. No, I'm no. a sucker for like a Victorian style home, but I I could do without this one. I could I could go without. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Anyways, yeah, no, I like it. It's it's fun. I'm not going there. Absolutely not. I'm already seeing shadow figures in my own house. I'm not, I'm not going there. All right. Thank you all for listening to Helen Hills podcast to see pictures from this episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Helen Hills podcast X, Helen Hills pod or Facebook by searching Helen Hills podcast. You can find us on link, link tree by typing in Helen Hills podcast. If you want to support us, please like review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or words of encouragement, please email us at HelenHillsPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.